Today's daf is Yud Gimel, but we're holding uh, towards the top of Yud Beis and Beis at the two dots. So we've learned previously in this Masechta that the Torah, when it talks about paying damages, it says Shor Re'eyu, the, shor, the ox of your friend. When you damage the ox of your friend, you pay damages. From there, the Chachamim learned is that damages are only paid when it involves a non-Hegdish entity. But if it's Hegdish, if your ox damages an ox that belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, there is no damages. Whatever the reasons, there is a cost of below Hegdish, okay? Now, our Mishnah seems to be alluding to this halacha, because our Mishnah says that you only pay on Nechosim She'ein Bahen Me'ilo. Now we know Me'ila is the prohibition of misappropriating Hegdash funds. When you use something that belongs to Beis Amigdash and inadvertently you use it, then you have to pay back a Chomesh, you pay back an additional fifth, plus you have to bring a carbon Asham, okay? It's called an Asham Me'ilos. So therefore, the way the wording, if you're going to be very specific in our Mishnah was, that when do you pay for damages? If you damage an entity, that does not have on it the prohibition of me'ilo. You would say, well, what is that? That means it means not hegdish. But the Gemara points out, well, that's not necessarily true. Because we do have situations where something can be considered belonging to the Beis Amigdash. There could be a korban that belongs to the Beis Amigdash and still not subject to the laws of me'ilo. For example, we know that there's two categories of korbanas. There's those that are considered kotche kadoshim, and there are those that are considered kotchem kalim. Kotche kadoshim, for example, chatas, asham, the meat can only be eaten by a kohen, has to be eaten in the azora, cannot be taken out of the base of mikdash. Kotchem kalim is shlomim, toda, bechor. These can be eaten, the meat can be eaten even by non-kohanim, and can also be eaten anywhere within the walls of Yerushalayim. Now the halacha is that kachim kalim, till at least when the animal is, when the, when the animal hasn't been slaughtered and the blood has been sprinkled, there is no din me'ilah. So what the Gemara is saying is that if you're going to take the wording of the Mishnah at, it, literally at what it says, it says when do you pay nezek, uh, when do you pay damage, if the item that was damaged does not have on it the laws of me'ilah, which implies that, it could, that you, you would still have to pay damages if it's a carbon, as long as it doesn't have a din of me'ilah. For example, kachim kalim. That according to our Mishnah, the implication is that if your shor damages somebody's shlomim, you would have to pay, right? It's only where there's me'ilah, don't you pay. But where there's no me'ilah, you do pay. So it doesn't say hegdish across the board, Tomorrow is going to want to understand what, what's Takab Shat, because the Pazak does say Shora Eyu, only the shore of your friend and not a shore of Hegdish. So why would it be that if there's no Me'ila, i.e. Kochim Kalim, why isn't that still considered not Re'eyu? It's still still considered Shoshul Hegdish, and you should not have to pay. Right? Everybody understand the inference what the what the Gemara is making, which creates but a difficulty. So let's see it inside. So Gemara says like this. The Gemara says that uh, it says, when do you pay when there is no prohibition of me'ilo on the item? But it could still be kadosh. Means even if it's kadosh, you would have to pay as long as there's no me'ilo. So Marantana, who is the author 
of this opinion. So now what the Gemara is going to suggest, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, so Amr Rabbi Yochanan, it's referring to our Mishnah is talking about Kachim Kalim, like we said. For Aliba Rabbi Yosiaglili, going with the opinion of Rabbi Yosiaglili. Now let me explain this to you. Is that there is a parsha in the Torah that's called Shvus Hapikodon. Shvus Hapikodon is that if uh, two people get into a dispute over monetary matters, right? It's, it's called the Shavu Bikadon because that's one of the Kinesh scenarios, but it doesn't have to be the Shavu Bikadon. But the case over there could be is uh, Ruvain gave Shimon something to watch, all right? Or he claims that he did. did. And Shimon says, what are you talking about? Either I gave it back to you or uh, that uh, you never gave it to me. And Shimon says, I am willing to swear. I am willing to swear that I don't owe you the money. And he takes an oath. And Yom Kippur is coming around the corner. And he goes back to Reuven. And he says, you know, I swore falsely. I really do owe you the money. So the halacha is, in such a case, he has to pay back the item plus the principal plus a chomish plus a fifth. And he has to bring a asham. He has been called an asham for shvua sapikodon. For having sworn falsely. That's the, that's the din. Now... The simplest understanding based on the psukim and based on the scenario, obviously we're dealing with a situation where it's entities that are not sanctified entities. It's talking about two people that are arguing about items that they themselves own. It's not talking about a case where I asked you to watch my carbon. We're talking about the simple as it, 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 it's, it's, it, the, the wording over there. It's between two friends they're arguing. So that would be the simplest understanding. But Rabbi Yosiak really comes along and says that if you look at the way the Torah talks about the violation, it says when he swore and uh, he, he swore falsely and he sinned, umal mal ba'ashem, and he it was a, a, a treachery or rebellion against Hashem. Now, says Rabbi Yosiah Lili, what are we schlepping in that he did something against Hashem? L'chora, he did something against his friend. Why is it mentioning he did something against Hashem? So what Rabbi Yosiah Lili learns, it's telling you that there is a case where the item that they're fighting over is a carbon. That's the Hashem component. But it's talking about a case of Kochim Kalim. Kochim Kalim means like a carbon shlomim. I asked you to watch my carbon shlomim, and you said you gave it back to me. And I said you didn't give it back to me, and then we fight it. We're fighting over carbon shlomim. Now, you would have argued if it's, if it's a carbon, then it's not taking away money from your friend, it's taking money away from the base of Migdash. Says Rabbi Yossi is that the Torah is teaching us that there is a specific halacha concerning kachim kalim when it comes to shvur sapikodim, that kachim kalim kalim is mamon balim, is it's considered to be the money of the owner, the owner of the korban, for this matter, by the shvur sapikodon, is considered to be the owner of the money. Mamon balim is the owner of the money. It's his responsibility, Rashi says. The bottom line is it's considered his. So therefore it's true that all other korbanas that cannot be a shvursa pikadon, but over here there could be, and that's learned out from the extra drosha, mal mal Bashem. So what Rabbi Yochanan suggests as follows, is you could have understood that Rabbi Yosei is saying that specifically by shvursa pikadon, by making a false oath, that's where we view kachim kalim as being the owner's asset. Doesn't necessarily mean you apply that everywhere else.
But Rabbi Yochanan wants to apply it everywhere else. And Rabbi Yochanan wants to say is the same way as we see Rabbi Yossi Aglili's position on Kachim Kalim, it's considered to be the asset of the owner, so too concerning the laws of damages. If your ox damages my shlumim, so even though we said that when you damage an animal that belongs to the base Hamikdash, you don't pay damages, that says it, our Mishnah is telling you that that's only where it's subject to laws of Me'ilah, which means it's Kachekadashim. But if it's not subject to laws of Me'ilah, which means it's Kachim Kalim, so in such a case, it's considered to be you've damaged your friend, not damaging the owner, because Rabbi Yosiak Lili holds Kachim Kalim Maman Bailim, and therefore that is considered damaging your friend, and it's not excluded from the drasha of Shura Eyu that below Shosher Hegdash, this is considered to be Shura Eyu. So it comes out very precise. The way Rabbi Yochanan's learning is the only time you're exempt from having to pay damage when you damage a carbon is when it is subject to the laws of Me'ilah. But if it's not subject to the laws of Me'ilah, it could still be a carbon, but you would have to pay because Rabbi Yosef she is at Kachim Kalim, is the owner's money, and that you've damaged an animal that is considered the, owner, the owner's animal, not, uh, not necessarily the animal of, the, of Hegdish. So that is how Rabbi Yochanan is trying to explain it. But bear in mind, what Rabbi Yochanan is doing, Rabbi Yochanan never said it by the laws of damages. He said it by the laws of Shavuosa Pekadon, and we're borrowing it to apply now to the laws of damages. So I'm t- <coughs> So who is the author of our Mishnah? So I'm Rabbi Yochanan. It's Mekachim Kalim. We're dealing with Kachim Kalim that, uh, there's, where there's no Me'ilo. It's going like the sheet of Rabbi Yosei Aglili, the Amar, who says, Where did Rabbi Yosei Aglili say it? He never said it by Nezokim, by damages. He said it by Shavuza The Sanyo says that in the case of where there is a false uh, monetary uh, claim, by, where a person falsely denies owing money, and he takes an oath, Mal Mal Hashem, he sinned by creating a treachery against Hashem. Why do they have to talk about sinning against Hashem? He's stealing from his friend. But if the rabbis Kachim Kalim to teach me, even if the case is talking about a case of Kachim Kalim, because Shein Mamono, it is considered to be somewhat against Hashem because it is already a, a carbon, but it's still considered the mamon of the the uh, uh, of the uh, of the the, the friend uh, of, of of the person whose shlomim it was. And that's the Rabbi Yossi Agli. That's the words of Yossi Agli. So now they want to ask the following question. We have a Mishnah. This is a Mishnah in Mishnah's Kedushin. HaMekadosh Bechelko. Someone wants to marry a woman. We know that when Mekadosh and Isha we learn, you have to be giving her something that is yours. She has to be gaining in her bank account something that you've given her, that you own. <coughs> so it says that if you are a Kohen, or you own a portion of a Korban, whether the portion <coughs> is from Kachim or whether you're even not a Kohen, but it's Kachim Kalim, that you have a piece of a Shlamim, piece of a, of a, of a, of a uh, uh, Toda, okay? It's not considered Mekudeshes. Now, the why? Because it's not considered like you gave her anything. So it says the Gemara, but it's Kachim Kalim, and we just said, according to Rabbi Yochanan, is that we expand the position of Yosef Aglili. Rabbi Yosef Aglili's din, that Kachim Kalim is considered the owners, is not just by the Shvuas Apikodon, but it applies also by Nezokin, which means that it's a broader statement that all Kachim Kalim, you're considered the owner. If all Kachim Kalim, you're considered the owners, if you're Makadish with Kachim Kalim, you give her a piece of Kachim Kalim, Lechorah, you should 
she should be Mekodesh's to you, according to Rabbi Yosef Galilee. So then, are we to say, therefore, that the Mishnah in Kedushin, <coughs> unlike the Mishnah in Baba Kama, but the Mishnah in Kedushin is, the low Rabbi Yosef Galilee is not going like the position of Rabbi Yosef Galilee, because according to what we said in Baba Kama, that by Nezokin, the Kachim Kalim, is considered to be the owner's possession. So then by Kedushin, it should be Mekodesh's, and there it says Kachim Kalim, and Mekodesh's, must not must be going not like Rabbi Yosef Lili. That is the Gemara's question. On this, uh, the Gemara answers no. We can keep it consistent. We'd like to keep as much possible that Rabbi Nachman the Dr. Vishnayas kept Stam Mishnah is going like the same position. We don't want to make one Stam Mishnah is going like the Chameh, one Stam Mishnah is going like Rabbi Yosef Lili. They're both going like Rabbi Yosef Lili. I it's going like Rabbi Yosef Lili. Why is it Ainu Mekudeshes? So Gemara says like this: When does Rabbi Yosef Lili tell you that Kachim Kalim? is considered to be the owner's asset, it's all the way until the korban has been shechted. But once the korban has been slaughtered and, uh, and the blood sprinkled, now you get your portion, where that portion that you're getting is no longer considered to be your asset. That's considered to be getting it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from literally from the Shulchan Gavar from the table of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So even Kachim Kalim, where there's no Me'ilon, Rabbi Yosef really holds that after it is shechted, after it is shechted, the blood is sprinkled, by the way, it's possible that at this point there would be me'ilah on that item, and that item no longer is viewed as the acid of the owner. Well, if it's no longer the acid of the owner, so if he tries to Makadish and Isha with that piece of the carbon, so what's going to be the halacha? Eina Mekudeshes. It will be Eina Mekudeshes. That's the shot. So I feel the time of Yosef Lili. Kika Amar Rabbi Yosef Lili. Michayim. When Rabbi Yosef Lili say, Kachim Kalim is Mom and Bailim is when the animal is alive. Avala Achash Chita. But once the animal has been shechted, I feel Rabbi Yosef Lili. Rabbi Yosef Lili would also agree that it is not considered to be the asset of the owner. Might even be subject to Me'ila at this point. The Chika Zachu. Mishulchan Gavok Zachu. That at this point when the owner gets it, it's considered like getting it from the table of Hashem. Hashem's allowing him to have it. It's Hashem's asset at this point. He's not the owner's asset, and therefore cannot be Makadash and Isha, even according to Yossi Aglili. Says it more like this, but we're still maintaining the way Rabbi Yochanan did, that Rabbi Yossi Aglili's statement is a broad statement that Kachim Kalim is considered to be the money of the owner. Kachim Kalim is the money of the owner. Mechaim, as long as it hasn't been shechted, when it's still alive, it's, and therefore, Rabbi Yosef really said it by Shavuos Abikadon, but we're applying it to Nezokin, that you'd have to pay damages if you damaged your friend Shlomim, and we're applying it to be Mekadosh and Isha, that you Mekadosh or Michayim, it's Mahashma that is considered to be a, a, the asset of the owner. So asks the Gemara, L'chayra or Mechayim, the Ahmad, Rabbi Yosef really, really apply his din of Kachim Kalim, Amun Balim, that is considered the owner of the asset when the animal is alive. Is that true? Vahatanan, I, we learned in a Mishnah, this is a Mishnah in Maisa Sheni. The, the Mishnah there is talking about a Bechor. Now, the law of a Bechor is when a farmer has a firstborn animal, kosher animal, so the halacha is that he has to give it to the Kohen. Now the Kohen, depending on the state status of the status of the animal, if the animal is unblemished, then he has to take it up to the base of Migdash. They bring it as a korban when they, they shecht it and they sprinkle its blood and they offer certain portions, the Imurim or Burntum is The rest of the animal 
is now uh, given to the Kohen, and since it's Kachim Kalim, he can eat it anywhere within the walls of Yerushalayim. On the other hand, if the animal has a blemish, which cannot be brought as a carbon, it automatically becomes the property of the Kohen. There is no, there is no redemption on a Bechor, and he can do what he wants with it. Uh, he can make a, back, a backyard barbecue out of it. He's allowed to eat it. There might be certain residual halachas applying to it, but the bottom line is it is considered to be the money of the Kohen. So now, that's what it's talking about over here, the mission in, in Maizah Shein. He's talking about the laws of a Bechor. So what does it say over there? It says as follows. Batnan, we learned in the Mishnah, Bechor. A Bechor, if the Kohen has a Bechor, was given to him by the farmer, Mochrin also, he can sell it to another Kohen. This Kohen can use it as an asset and sell it to another Kohen. Tam Chai, if it is unblemished and it is still alive, because if it, was, if it would have been slaughtered and it was unblemished and it was not in the base Hamikdash, then it's also to use that Shchut So therefore, it's, it's, if it's unslaughtered and it's unblemished, you can sell it. It's a lot, he's allowed to benefit from it by selling it. Ubaamum, and if it's blemished, then he can sell it to another Kohen, whether it's Chai Veshachut, whether it's alive or it's been slaughtered, because it's still cons- it's for sure considered to be the asset of the Kohen. Umekadshin Boesa Isha, and you can be Makadish a woman with it. Okay? So now, so this Mishnah in Maishashen, he basically is saying that the asset, the Bechor, is considered to be an asset of a Kohen, and the Kohen can be Makadish and Isha with it. Now, at this point, so that no harm, no foul. We just said Kachim Kalim is Mon Ba'an. The problem is the discussion that continues concerning this Mishnah. Let's keep going. For Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Baravua, Rav Nachman, when he taught this Mishnah, said over in the name of Rav Baravua, Lo Shana El Bechor is that this, the fact that the Kohen can Mekadosh and Isha with it, if it is unblemished, is specifically talking about if it's a Bechor today when there is no Beis HaMikdash. The Kevedol Chazal because since it cannot be brought on the Mizbeach, so Isla Kohanim Zechir Begavayot gives them a, a uh, they have within it a, uh, a Zechir, they have within it a, a financial right. Because if it, there's no Beis HaMikdash, then they hold on to it until it gets a blemish. And when it gets a blemish, they can do whatever they want with it. So therefore, regularly, what Rav Nachman is saying, you would not be able to Makadash and Isha if there would be a Beis HaMikdash, because your obligation is to bring a Beis HaMikdash. You cannot sell it or Makadash and Isha with it. The only reason you are able to do it is because it's talking about Bezman Hazer, where there is no Beis HaMikdash, so only on such a case does the Kohen have some equity. Yadud base of a base. So therefore, only there does the Kohen have equity in it. So, but, but otherwise, he would not. When the base of Migdash would be around, he wouldn't be able to do it. So then, then uh, the Chazla Krav says it's fit to be brought. Now, let's continue on. So the point we're seeing is that that already is difficult according to what we explained. Because we said that according to Yosef Aglili, we just said right now that he holds Kachim Kalim, Maman Bailim, is the Kohen has equity in it, that was talking about even when there is a Beis HaMikdash. And how he's saying is that only when there's no Beis HaMikdash does the Kohen have equity in Bechor, which is Kachim Kalim, only when it's because he can't bring it on his back. But something that has to be brought on his back, even though it's Kachim Kalim, the Kohen does not have equity in it. That's what we're saying. And on that, the Ace made Rabbi Nachman, so Rabbi asked Rabbi Nachman that very question. He said, look this, how can you tell me that if there is no equity, that if it's Bismana Zeh, 
I mean, if, it, if, it's, if it's the time the base Amigdash, the Kohen does not have equity in it because it has to be brought to the Mizbeah. I, we know that Rabbi Yosiad really was explaining Mal Mal Ba Mal Mal Ba Shem, by Shwas HaPikadon, he learned that if you have a dispute, a financial dispute, and it involves Kachim Kalim, it's considered to be the asset of the person whose animal it is, and you are Mechuyev, you have to go ahead and uh, bring a carbon uh, uh, a, 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 a because it's, it's considered to be the, uh, the owner's asset. The Gwana says like this, which is his moment, Now obviously Rabbi Yosia Glili was explaining the Pasuk in the Brisa. It's not talking about a situation. The, I think yeah, the other the breakers tripped. I don't know how to turn them back on. So therefore, so uh, so so therefore it, uh, it, 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 it obviously the pasuk he's talking about when there was a base when there was a base amigdash and still Rabbi Yosi says kachim kalim mom and balim so you see the concept of kachim kalim mom and balim the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, he was saying that even when there is a base amigdash so why does Rabbi Nachman say it's only considered mom and balim when there's no base amigdash but when there be a base amigdash michayim you're telling me that uh, that that it would be right so that's the question so Mashani Ravina so Ravina answered the question of Rava. It must be you're right. The pasuk is talking about when there's a base amigdash. However, it's still there is. It, it's still not talking about when you're in Eretz Yisrael and you can bring the carbon. That 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 drasha that Rabbi Yosef is referring to that's considered mamon violin is outside of Eretz Yisrael. Since it's outside of Eretz Yisrael, we're going to see you don't have to bring it to Eretz Yisrael. Well, if you don't have to bring the bechor to Eretz Yisrael, then what do you do? You wait for it to get a blemish. And then you can go ahead and eat it. If you brought it to Eretz Yisrael, you could bring it, but you don't have to. Therefore, outside of Eretz Yisrael, it's considered to be the asset of the Kohen. But inside Eretz Yisrael, inside Eretz Yisrael, it would not be considered uh, the asset of the Kohen. That's what, that's what we seem to be saying. Even in the Shita of Rabbi Yosiyad Lili. So Mashani Ravina, Ravina answered, is that it's not a problem. Rabbi Yosiyad Lili's Shita is not a problem because it's talking about Bechar, even when there's a base on Mikdash, but Bechutz Laaretz. If you have a carbon that came from outside of Israel, that it was a bechor, that, that was unblemished, then yikruvu. If you want, then you can bring it and, and you can bring it to Israel and you can offer it. It's up to you. in. If you want to bring it, but if you don't want to bring it, what can you do then? What do you do with a bechor outside of Israel? You wait for it to get a blemish and you eat it. So therefore, but imbo in. But lechatchila, lo, but lechatchila, you should not go ahead and do it. Anyway, the point what the Gemara is making over here is that we learned shot in our Mishnah that it says that if your animal damages the animal of of a kachim kalim, right, where there's no me'ila, where there's no me'ila, you're chayim. Now, lechara, we're talking about... It could be, we never said that there's a difference between in Eretz Yisrael, outside Eretz Yisrael, before, Bizmana Migdash, uh, Bizmana uh, Migdash. We were saying is that it's based on Yossi Aglili's teaching, where we're not, we're not making the Chalukim. So why did, uh, why, the one wants to know, why did Ravina have to make such distinctions? Just say, yeah, okay, it says over there that uh, you, uh, you cannot be Makadish. Uh, 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 you, you, uh, why, why don't I just say is that, uh, uh, one second, and if, if what we said that, that Lachar of Yosef Gli's sheet is that 
across the board, Kachim Kalim is considered Maman Balim, the Chiyam Rabbi Yosef Glee, the Mamonu who Michayim, even when the animal is alive, and even if the animal could be brought to base of Mig, they're still considered to be the Maman of the Bam. So then, then Lishni, why didn't Ravina answer Ravas Kasha? Is that you're asking for Rav Yosef Lili that considered to be Maman Bailin? I, Rav Nachman, who was saying it's not considered Maman Bailin unless it is Shalobazman Amikdash, that's going like the Sheet of the Chachamin. Why don't you just answer that? Why do you have to say that that's something within the Sheet of Rav Yosef Lili? So, how Rav Yosef Lili, how Rabbonon? Why don't you just give that? that? That would be the simplest way. Instead of making, play, so having to make those chilukim in Rabbi Yossi Aglili, that Rabbi Yossi Aglili doesn't hold that Michayim, it's considered mom and violin, unless it's outside of Eitz or unless there's no base on Why do you have to say that? Say like we wanted to say that Rabbi Yossi Aglili's shita is that kachim kalim mom and violin, even Michayim, even in Eretz Yisrael, even Bezmana Mikdash, ah, you're asking me a kasha from the way Rab Nachman explained the price that's going in the sheet of the Chachamim. On this, the Gemara says like this, we've been making a, an assumption that since we're talking about Bechor, Bechor is Kachim Kalim, and would have the same halacha as regular Kachim Kalim. It says the Gemara like this, since Bechor is one of the 24 gifts that are given to the Kohanim, it's, it, this has a different status than regular Kachim Kalim. Regular Kachim Kalim, who's the owner? The Baalim is the owner. By the Tchav Dalet, Matnas Kahuna, there the owner is HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he gifts it to the Kohen. And therefore, even though it's Kachim Kalim, it's Meshulchan Gavor Kazochu. They're getting it from the Shulchan HaKadosh Baruch Hu and therefore it is not considered to be the possession of the Kohen. And even according to Yossi Aglili, it's not considered the possession of the Kohen. It's considered the possession of the Beis Amigdash, possession of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Unless... Unless it's outside of Eretz Yisrael, or unless it's Bismarck, there is no base on Migdash. Then, Taka, you could say that the Kohen already has equity in it, it's considered his. But, but regularly, even Rabbi Yosef Lili, who holds, normal, who holds normally Kachim Kalim, Kalim, Mom and Balim, when it comes to the Matnas Chavdal, Matnas Kahuna, we're not going to say which Bechor falls under that category, and that's why you have to make those distinctions even in the Shita of Rabbi Yosef Lili. That's what the one is answering. No, no, it comes out. Hamish is not talking about Bechor. Hamish is talking about regular Kachim Kalim, not Bechor. Yeah. So, like this. So, says the Mora, Matnas Kahuna Kamara. Are you talking about Matnas Kahuna, which we are talking about? That's what Bechor is referring to. So, Mora says, Shani Matnas Kahuna, Matnas Kahuna is different. Because the Chi Kazachu, Meshulchan Gavar Kazachu, that the Kohen, when he gets it, is getting it directly from the table of Hashem, and therefore it is considered to be Maman Gavar, not Maman Bailin, unless. There's caveats to that. Even if Yosef Lili agrees, it's Mom and Gavon, unless it cannot be brought on the Mizbeach. It cannot be brought on the Mizbeach for one of two reasons. Either why? Because it's outside of the Mizbeach. Right. Then it's Mom and Cohen in that case. Or there's no Mizbeach. Right. Oh, no, no. All right. Let's go weiter. Gufa. This itself was mentioned. I mean, we quoted the Brysa. Now we're going to bring down the entire Brysa. Okay? Gufa. Mal mal Bashem. The Pasuk said that a person sinned by swearing falsely. He has committed a rebellion, a, re- a treachery against HaKadosh Baruch Hu because he, he lied with the Shvua. Now, 
We said that what's pshat? The rabbis cut him Why does it mention Hashem? It's between you and your friend. Why does it mention Hashem? To tell you that there is something that has an aspect of, of Hashem. It's cut him kalim. Shame Amona. There is a shvuah that be cut in such a case because cut him kalim. Moment by Right, that's what Yosef says. And therefore, the shvuah that be cut in is chal on all cut him kalim. Now, that's what Yosef Glili. Then as I omer the rabbis is a shlomim. He says, this is coming to tell me that the Shuas Kodan on Shlomim. Now what exactly he's arguing, because Shlomim is a form of Kotchim Kalim. So why, what is he saying? Davka, the Rabbis is a Shlomim, we'll have to see. And we have a third sheet, Abba Yossi ben Dustoy Omer, Lo Abba ben Azai, Lo Amar ben Azai, Ela bebechor bilvad. Is that no? Ben Azai was not talking about all Shlomim. So Davka, he says, only Davka by a Bechor is as going to be Kachim Kalim. Would you say that, that that form of Kachim Kalim, there will be a Shvuz to be caught? Now Rashi explains outside of Eretz Yisrael. Outside of Eretz Yisrael, because we already said in Eretz Yisrael it can't be. It's even Yabi Yosef really agrees it's Mom and Hashem. It's not, it's not, it can't be Shavuos Abikaran on it. But he's talking about outside of Eretz Yisrael, like we said, the Pasuk even is talking about. So therefore, so we have three sheets here. We have over here the Tanakama, which is 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 uh, Rabbi Yosef Lili, that says Mom Al Bashem teaches me. Why is it mentioning Hashem that all Kachim Kalim the Shavuos Abikaran because Kachim Kalim Mom and Bailim. Then Azai came along and says that's Larabas Ashlomim. And Abba Yoisi's version of Ben Azai is Davka Bechor. So let's now explain the Machlokas. Amar Mar. Ben Azai Omer Larabas is Ashlomim. Now, what is he, the Meyute Mai? What is he coming to exclude? Meaning, what did Rabbi Yoisi, Rabbi Yoisi said, Kachim Kalim. He comes along and says Shlomim. So what is he excluding? Now maybe it's coming to exclude a Bechor. That means Bechor is not considered to be the possession of the owner. And therefore you're not making Shavuos Bechor. Remember, we're talking about Bechor outside of Eretz Yisrael. So why would it not be considered the owner, the possession of an owner? You're telling me Shlomim, yes, Bechor not. Shlomim. Shlomim, you have to do all kinds of things with it in the base of Migdash. smicha. The Bailam has to lean on it. Nesachim, you have to have the libations come along with it. Tnufa, you have to have waving of the chazvashok, of the breast and the foreleg, right? And it has all of those kachim related avodas, and it's still considered to be mam and bailim. Now, Bechor, which doesn't have any of those, so Kalvachomer, what should be the din? It should also be moment bailim. So how could it be saying shlamim to exclude bechor? Amar moment bailim. So therefore you said amar bailim by shlamim. So bechor me bailim for sure that should be moment bailim. So shlamim can't be to the exclusion of bechor. So ela amar biyechanan lemiutem meiser meiser behem. Once ten every tenth animal of the new season you had to bring to the base hamigdash. Offer in the base hamigdash. That was that if there's a machlokas between two people involving an animal that was a meiser behema, that's where it's considered moment gavon not moment hedyot even though it's a kachim kalim, that's what they're arguing about. That, 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 that's the position of when Ben Azai said, Shlomim, yes, not Bechor also, yes, but Shlomim, yes, but not Meiser Behema. Now, why is Meiser Behema being excluded? So, Allah Amr Yechonim, Yutei Meiser, right? Kedesanya, like we learned in a Brisa. By a Bechor, the Pazim says, Loi Sifte, that if you have an animal that's a firstborn animal, you can't redeem it. If it's unblemished, and even if it's blemished, 
There is no redemption on a Bechor. You can't say, okay, this animal now will redeem, consecrate. There's, there's no pidyon. If it's got no mum, you bring it as a korban. If it has a mum, you eat it. There's no pidyon by Bechor. Oh, the kain, the kain. Yeah, you give it to the kain. So bechor nemar loy sivda v'nimkar tam chai, and you can sell it when it's unblemished, uh, uh, as, as long as it's alive. If it's dead, it's shchut achutz. It's aser ba'no. But again, this is talking about outside Yerushalayim. We said, I mean, outside the base, I'm, uh, outside Eretz Yisrael. So it could be sold, right? It's considered to be the possession of the kohen. He can sell it. Ubal mum, and if it is blemished. He could sell it whether it's alive, or even has been slaughtered, right? And so that's by Bechor, right? So there is obviously some equity in the item. The Meiser, Nemar, let you go. Meiser Behema also it says you cannot redeem. You cannot redeem a Meiser Behema animal, all right? But however, you're also not allowed to sell it. A Maisa Behema animal cannot be sold, whether it's alive or whether it's dead. And you can also not sell it, whether it's blemished or whether it's unblemished. So therefore, Lechora, what do you see? You're comparing them. That even though Bechor, there is equity of the Kohen in the item, which is because you can sell it. You see, by Maiser Behema, we don't have that equity, which now makes sense. That's why Shvus Apikadon, even though it applies to Bechor outside of Eretz Yisrael, but it will not apply to Maiser Behema. That's the point that is making. All right. Now, so we so let's go again. So Rabbi Yosef made the blanket statement: is that there's there's shvus apikodon on all kachim kalim kachim kalim on bayim. Then as I said, shlomim. What did he mean by shlomim? Shlomim, yes, bechor, yes, as well, but excludes meiser behema. That's the way, that's the way we just explained it. The Tanakhama includes meiser behema, right? Because it's kachim kalim. Now. This Shakla Vitarya that we just had on the middle sheet of Ben Azai, Ravina Mazma Sefer, Ravina learned it on the last sheet, the Shakla Vitarya, on Abba Yosef Ben Destoy, on his version of Ben Azai. So Ravina Matila Sefer, what did he learn? It says like this Abba Yosef Ben Destoy, Omer, Lo Amar Ben Azai, Ele Bechor Vilvad. That Ben Azai was only talking about Bechor. Now, what is Lemute Mai? What did, what did he mean? Only a Bechor. Outside of Eretz Yisrael, is there din of What is that excluding? It's not elam and lemute shlomim. This shita, this this disagrees with what he said before. It means this shita holds: if bechor is considered to be the asset of the owner, then shlomim kolsha kain should be considered the asset of the owner. Why? Because bechor is already kadosh. From the womb, it comes out kadosh, right? And still, it's considered to be the asset of the owner. Shlomim from the womb was not considered to be kadosh. So, kol shakain, it's considered to be the asset of the owner. That's more holds. So, for sure, there'd be a shvus to be kadosh on shlomim. It's the asset of the owner. So, shlomim, it by kol shakain shlomim. So, it can't be that when he said, uh, that Ben Azai, Yosef Ben Destoy said, Ben Azai said uh, that he's, it's, it's Davka Bechor, can't be Bechor to the exclusion of Shlomim. Bechor is an asset of the owner, Shlomim should be as well. So therefore, I'm Rabbi Yechonah, the same Shalom time before. Rabbi Yechonah said, You're right, he's not coming to exclude Bechor, uh, he's not going to exclude Shlomim, but he's coming to exclude Maisa Behema. Why would Maisa Behema be not considered an asset and Bechor would, is an asset of the owner? Kedesan, like we learned the price, Bechor Lemar, by Bechor it says, Loisifde cannot be redeemed, but nevertheless, even though it cannot be redeemed, but it's Nimkar Chai, 
Nimkar can be sold. Tom, when it's unblemished, if it's alive. Ubal mum, that it can be sold if it's blemished, whether it's chai v'shochot, whether it's alive, or it's been slaughtered. And b'mei b'maiser, nemaloi s'niloi yigal. By b'maiser, it also says, cannot be redeemed. But ain't a nimkar, but that you cannot sell it, loy chai v'loi shochot, loy tam v'loi ba'amum, ba'amum. So what do you see? It's less of a financial asset to the owner, b'maiser behema, than b'choris. So therefore, when Ben-Azai said, according to Rabbi Yosef Ben-Destoy, dafka b'chor, it was coming to exclude b'maiser behema, but not to exclude shlomim. That's the... No, because the third one, he said shlomim. Which, uh, meaning, uh, you know, you're right, it comes out, and uh, you have to understand, according to the third shita, then what did he mean when he said, yeah, well, I mean, it comes out, both, there's two ways of learning, that, but, but that they, don't, they don't agree with each other. Meaning, according to this, when he said, according to the second one, when he davka said shlamim, he davka meant shlamim, and nothing else, could be not bechor or maiser behema, according to this, this way of understanding right now. You're right. So what it says like this, so now, uh, so, uh, so the Gemara says, but when, it, when according to this pshat, when he said bechor uh, bilvad, what does bechor bilvad mean? It's to exclude ma'aseh behema, but it's not to exclude shlomim. The Gemara just points out that it's difficult to understand because if you use the word bilvad, it says it's only mal mal ba'ashem teaching the shulz bekarin dafka bechor bilvad. What does a bilvad mean? Only this one. Nothing else. So how do you mean? No, he doesn't mean shlomim. It has to mean to exclude shlomim as well. Because otherwise, why do you use the word bilvad? This wasn't a kasha on the, 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 the way we learned in the middle sheet. So because they never used the word bilvad. Here he used the word bilvad. So when it says, ha-bechor bilvad ka'amr, where's this kasha? You're right, that's difficult to understand. Right. Now, Rava circles back to the beginning of today's sugya. He says like this, you had a question, right? It says in the Mishnah that if something is hegdish, I tell you, if somebody does not have me'ilah, then there's the of nezokin. So now, so what did we say? It's mashma that it could be hegdish that doesn't have me'ilah, which is kachem kalim, and therefore you're forced to say the Mishnah is going like the sheet of Rabbi Yosia Glili. That's what, that's what they read Rabbi Yochanan learned. Rabbi doesn't want to say that, because Rabbi does not want to make a Mishnah go against the Chachamim. And therefore he wants to go like, it's going like the Chachamim, which means even kachem kalim, is considered Maman Gavoa, and therefore, even Kachim Kalim, there would be no din of Nezakin. It would be Ere'eyu and not Kachim. He's in the Kachim. I said, why did you use the word Me'ila? The problem is, why are you saying that it's something that's not subject to laws of Me'ila? So, with Rav Amar, Maina Chazim Shein Ben Me'ila, the Chazim Shein Ben Din Me'ila. It means those Nechazim, they're not in the Parsha of Me'ila. Means like this, which means Kachim. Kachim are not in the Parsha of Me'ila. Not every Kachim has me'ila, but those nechassim where it's possible to have me'ila, that's where it's no, only those nechassim that are not in the parsha of me'ila. So therefore, the nechassim of a hedyot, that's never shayach me'ila, but it can't be nechassim kachim, where the kachim 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 kachim, because it is in the parsha of me'ila. Not every kachim has me'ila, but it's in the parsha of me'ila. So it's a little bit of, you know, it's like, a, so the more, that's the one I asked right away. So then why are you playing games? Just say, so my you the hedged. You're telling me, so what is it referring to? That, that's something that's not in the parsha of me'ila b'chlal, which means kachima, that means the chasm of a hedyot. Non-consecrated chasm. So why not just say that? What are you throwing in me'ila for? Just say is that the chasm, the hedyot, is the, as opposed to what? Of Kodesh. And that would exclude both Kachim Kalim and Kachim Kedoshim. So why do you bring in the words Me'ilah? And then when it says that's Kasha, that's talking a good Kasha. 
All right. He's trying to make it go like the Chachamim Shita as well. Right. Yeah. Now. <coughs> All right. This is a very technical sugya. Let's go through it. It says like this. Let's hold up here. The Mora brings down like this. I'm Rabbi Abba. Shlomim Shehiziku. Till now we were discussing if your animal damages a shlomim. So damages the kachim kalim, a yuchayv, and achav. Here the other way around. A shlomim, a person's shlomim went and damaged another person's uh, property. Okay? Now, the Gmonah holds like this. If that would have been a muad, so the din is that no muad you have to pay, you pay full damages. Right? Right? However, let's say it's a tom. So now what have the, we have over here is a tom is only mishalem chatzinezek. And it's chatzinezek migufo from the value of the, dam, of the damaged, the damager, the mazik, the mazik, the one that you pay chatzinezek from that. It's capped at the value of that. Now, the question over here is as follows. Is that If you look at it, even according to the Gavim the Shita of Yosiak Lili, let's say a Shlomim is considered Maman Bailim. Right? So, but, but not every part of the Shlomim is going to end up with the Bailim. Right? The Emurim, the parts that are going to be brought on the Mizbeach, that's not going to end up with the owner. Where that, where's that going to end up? The part that burnt, that's going to be burnt. All right? So therefore, in this one entity, it's as if like it's an ox that has partners. Part of the ox is the belongs to the uh, to the owner. That's Kachim Kalim moment Bailim on the meat portion that he's going to get. But part of the uh, animal is the Aimurim portion that's like belongs to the base of Migdash, belongs to Akadish Borchu, right? So it's like it's partners. Now so the question over here is like this, is that this animal goes and let's look at it as an animal of partners, right? So this animal goes and gores and kills somebody else's ox or damages someone else's ox. So now he comes back. So he's got two people, two entities that were partners in the animal. Now, the thing is like this, on the part that's the shlumim part, kachim kalim amen bailim, so therefore he can go after the entity the, uh, of, of, of the owner of the shlumim. But, how, but what about the emurim portion? How do you go? No, no, but even while it's in there, the more understands right now, it's still not the owner, it's not the ownership of the of the owner. So that's what we're discussing over here. So Shlomim Sheziku, Gove mi Psarium, mi Besaron, Veena Gove mi Emurim. Means like this. The more understands is that when you shecht it, all right, he has a right to 50% of his damage. He can take from the meat that would have gone to the owner, he can eat. But from the Emurim, he cannot collect from the Emurim for his damages. So one says, of course he can't collect from the Emurim. <laughs> the Emurim is going to be burnt on the Mizbeach. What are you talking about? Pshita, Emurim, the Gavosalki. The Emurim are going to be burnt up on the Mizbeach. How would you think he can collect any portion from the Emurim? What are you talking about? 
Now what it means is like this, is like this. It means that he cannot take the chalik of the emurim from the basar. The percentage of what the emurim represents, he cannot collect it from the meat portion. So what does it mean is like this. It means as follows, like this. So therefore, let, let, let's set up the case. This is the way Rashi explains it. Let's say the shlomim, let's, let's, say, let's say the shlomim was worth 200 zuz. Okay? The shlomim was worth 200 zuz. Okay? Now, of that 200 zuz, 150 of it was the basar, and 50 zuz was the emurim. So the owner has 150 zuz of the shore in Basar, and the second owner, which is the Beis Hamikdash Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is the 50 is is the Emurim. Okay. Now this ox went and it gored another ox. Let's say the other ox was worth 200 zuz, and it smashed it completely. That it has zero residual value. Okay. Now since we're dealing with a tam. So what is the damage that was caused? A hundred zuz. No. Okay, now, the thing is like this. We have two partners. So each partner should be liable for half. Each partner should be liable for half. So now, the 150 zuz portion of the owner, since he's only chayv and chatsi, right? He only has to pay from his portion seven... 75. He only has to pay from his portion, chatsi nezek, of what he owns in it, which is 75. That's his, contrib- his contributing force was 150, so I only have to pay half of that, which is 75. And the other 25 technically should come, because they had 50, they had the 50 portion, 150 and 50, each one pays half of what the per- percentage of what they had in the animal should be 75 and 25. That's what it's called. But since you cannot get the 25 from the Amurim, you, can hold, you cannot hold the base amygdala responsible for that 25. So therefore, so what might you have thought? Take a hundred from the shlomim portion, from the meat portion. That's the Chiddush over here. That's what the Chiddush of Rabbi Abba is teaching me is that he cannot take the, uh, from the, uh, the Emurim connected from the shlomim portion. He's all, because the shlomim portion is only responsible for 70, so you, you, you can't collect from the base. It's too bad, it's not my problem. Therefore, you only get 75, so you're not getting the full chatz, you're getting the full chatzinezik of my portion, but you're not getting the full chatzinezik of the total damage, because you should have got 100, you're only gonna end up 75, because you cannot get the chatzinezik portion from the other partner. From the base amygdala portion, you cannot get it, so you're only gonna end up getting 75, right? That is the ruling of Rabbi Abdo. Everybody with me? Okay, so now it gets fun. So when it says like this, Ali Daman, who's not, this, this Chiddush that Rabbi Abba wants to teach me, which one of the two Tanoim is this going like? Now let me tell you the following situation. The situation we're dealing with, we're going to learn on Nun, Nun Gimel, very interesting case. You have an owner of an ox that went and gored another ox, Ruvain's ox, gored Shimon's ox, and pushed it into Levi's boar. So now this ox now is injured or dead at the bottom of the boar of Levi. But how did it, end, how did it get into 
Levi is bore. Reuven's ox pushed Shimon's ox, gored Shimon's ox, and pushed it into the... Where is the bore? Rabin. Okay, now. What's the halach? We have a machlokus. Okay? So now, the Chachonen Shita is that they consider the Baal Hashor the primary damager. They consider the Baal Hashor the primary damager. Right? So now, in a case that the Shor would have been a Muad, let's say Reuven's Shor is a Muad. So Muad, you're not capped at the value of the animal damaging. Muad is Nezek, is nezek Shalem from your, whatever assets you own. So therefore, since we consider the Baal Hashor the primary damager, the Baal Abor the secondary damager, the Shimon goes to Ruvain and can collect from Ruvain Nezek Shalem. Okay? Now, that works when it's a Muad. But when it's a Tam, now we have a bit of a difference. Because the din on a Tam, Tam only has to pay Chatsi Nezek. But a Bor has to pay Nezek Shalem. Right? So now, so Shimon goes to Ruvain and says, okay, you have to pay me. He says, fine, but I only have to pay you, I only have to pay you Chatzinezek, right? So now, what happens in this case? So that, that's going to be, we're going to see, so the Chachamim Shita is like this, all right? Maybe he's still responsible. Well, well let, let's, let, let's see, that's what we're going to say. So I'll leave it in man. Now, I'll leave it in Rabbonon. Now, if you want to tell me the Chiddush is in the Rabbonon, that we cannot make the person pay because he cannot get from the other partner. Who's the other partner? He cannot get the 25 zuz from the base of Migdash. So make him have to pay 25. We said, no, he cannot do that. So according to the Chachamim, that's partially he cannot do that. Why? Because the Chachamim Shita over there is as follows. Is that uh, normally when you have two parties that are equally involved in the damage, then you collect half from each party. All right? However... The Chachamim Shita is, since the ox is what initiated damage, we consider the ox to be the primary cause of the damage. So therefore, and the boar is the secondary cause. So therefore, again, so if it's a muad, what do the Chachamim hold? Or 100% is paid for? By the Balashor. All right? However, what happens if it is a tam? All right? So now... If it's a tam, you can't take 100% from the Baal Ashur. Why can't you take 100% from the Baal Ashur? Because it's a tam. You only get, okay? So therefore, now, what you should say is therefore, okay, since I can't get the 100% from the primary damage, I should be able to go to, to the Baal Habor and let the Baal Habor have to pay, all right? Now, so... Now, what should happen over here is, what should you say? You should be able to go to the Baal Abor and say, listen, since I cannot get the second half from the Baal Hashor, I need you to kick in. He is the primary bad damager, but I need you now to pick up the half that he is not paying. The Chachamim, we're going to see, not disagree with Rav Nosen. The Chachamim hold is that 
where the primary responsibility is on a certain party, if you cannot collect from that party, it doesn't shift, you can't go and collect it from the other person. Okay? So therefore the Balabar does not have to kick in the 50% that you can't get from the Balashor. Now, therefore, over here, that also should be the same thing. Since the primary responsibility over here is both, because both the, the, the meat and the emurim cause the damage, so technically it should be split. So now, so it should split, but you can't get it from the emurim. So, says, so you don't have a right to say, well, since you can't get it from the emurim, go and get it from... You can't, you, can't, you can't do that over here. So therefore, what the point is saying is, so in the Chachamim Shita, that's Pashat, we have the Chacham, that is the Chacham Shita, we can't get it from one, you can't make the other one pay, so why does, why does, uh, what does Rabbi Abba have to tell me that, okay? Now, Moses like this, and, uh, and the I'll leave it to Rabbi Nassim, according to Rabbi Nassim, the Chorah wouldn't be true, because Rabbi Nassim Taka holds that since the animal is found in the boar, he, if anything, he might even be more responsible, but he's at least equally responsible. Because he goes, that's where you find, the, where you found it is in the bar, not like the Chum, that Shor initiated. He says, look where you found the animal. And therefore, Rav Nassim's opinion, all right, is that uh, if, uh, if it was a Muad, then he holds it would be 50-50. Not, all, not just on the Baal show, it's a Muad. Now, and what happens if it is a Tom? So he holds where it's a Tom, you, would, you, you say is that um, the, 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 the Baal hash, the Ashor pays Chatsi, all right? And Chatsi uh, Nezek, you'll pay Chatsi Nezek, which means that, and, and the Baal Habor, pays a, uh, will have to pay the rest. Since he only has to pay Chatsi Nezek, which, and, and Chatsi Nezek, by the way, between the two of them, which come out, would come out being a quarter and a quarter, because he holds them both equally responsible. So he should pay 25%, he should pay 25%. So therefore, the Bala Shor pays 25%, okay? And the Baal Habor, Oh, they're turning off the electricity, so I lost the, uh, I lost the, uh, all right. So that, and the Baal Hab, and, and the Baal Habor has to pay the 75%. Because since it should be Chatsi Chatsi, which is 25%, and 25% gives you the 50, so you can only hold the Baal Hashor 25, right? And you should, the Baal Habor should pay 25, but the Baal Habor is also responsible because he really has Nazik Shah, so he has to pay 75%. So what you cannot get from the shore, you can end up getting from the board, which means the Gemara holds, therefore the Dinah here that Rav Abba cannot be going in Rav Nassim, because it should come out according to Rav Nassim that what you cannot get from the, the owner of the Amurim should be made up for, for the owner of the Basar Shlom. And that's what the Gemara is saying. So the Gemara says like this. So the Gemara says that... Um, so what is it like this? So Ibai's Ema. Oh wait, where's the place? And and the E Alibid Rab Nasun, Sahamar Kileka Lishtalumi Mahamishtalmaha, that if you can't get it from one, you get it from the other. Yes, we holds. So Ibai's Ema Rab Nasan, Ibai's Ema Rabbon. You can make it go like either one. Let's see how. Ibai's Ema Rabbonon. you could make it go like the Rabbonon. Alright, how so? Says like this, Hani mili betray gufi. When do the rabbonon hold that you can make the distinction 
that it's considered two owners and what you can't get from one that you cannot get from the other one. That's when it's talking two separate entities. The Bala Bor and the Bala Shor are two separate entities, right? So there you can hold, there's primary, there's secondary. So therefore, there's two different damages, right? And you could add, right? And you, but when it's mamish the same ox, when it's mamish the same ox, so then you can say, is it the mice? So there's one damager. What's the damager? The ox. The fact that two people have different portions in it, you can't be machalag. How do you can be machalag? Oh, that caused the damage. That didn't cause, they both caused the damage. So then, well, since they both caused the damage, the chacham is shita. You might have thought that in this case, you should be able to collect from the other side. Kamash Malan, that even in this case, you can't collect from the other side. So therefore, like this. When do Chachamim say that if you can't collect from one, you don't collect from the other one, when you have two separate entities that are causing the damage? But it's all coming from one entity, the ox, right? So then the one, the, 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 the Nizak should be able to say that from wherever I can collect, I should collect because you both simultaneously caused the damage. So one can't pay, the other one has to pay. You both caused the damage. You can't split it and say, oh, I didn't cause the damage. I don't have to pay. Everyone has to pay. And therefore, the bottom line is, in this case, that what I can't get from one, you might have thought I can get from the other one. Kamash Milan is that no, you still cannot make the Balha, the, the Basar Shlamin pay for the Chalik of the Murin they cannot collect. And he buys Amer of Nosen. And if you want, you could say it's going like Rab Nosen as well. Because in the case of the ox and the boar, the Balashor says to the boar, the He says like this The bottom line is, you, if anything, should be more responsible. Because where did I find my dead animal? At the bottom of your bar. So therefore, for sure, if I can't get, if I can get something from the Balhab shore, I'll take what I can. But at the end of the day, you could be held more responsible because at the end of the day, that's where I found, I found it. So you need to pay the 75% of what I cannot get if I'm from the 20, after the 25% is paid from Balhab shore, right? 50% No, he gets, he gets together would be 25 and 25 of the total amount. He only gets 25% from the Baal Ashur and 25% from the Bor, and the leftover of that, which is 50, means 75 ends up coming, according to Rav Nosson, from the Baal HaBor. Now, my delay is and therefore, that's where there's a svara that whatever I can get from the Baal Ashur, at the end of the day, it's found in your Bor, I'm going to get the rest from you. But Aval Hacha, me Matzi Baser Azik, Azik, but over here, is there a svara to say that, you know what, the Baser damaged, but the Emurim didn't damage? Right? You can't say that the boss are damaged, the Amurim didn't damage. And therefore, since the Amurim also caused damage, so therefore, what right do I have to say that what the, um, that they, since I can't collect from the Amurim, I should be able to go, but the, the Amurim did cause damage. You can't say the Amurim didn't cause damage. So what right do I have to go according to, to even though normally I can go and take the rest from the Balabor, that's because I can attribute it most of it to the Balabor. But here, what right do I have to go and tell the Balashor, you need to pick up the Chel Balabor, but because, you, because you're, you're, you're prime, you're not primary, you're no different than the, uh, okay, there's a difference in percentages, so they pay your percentage, but I cannot be Mechayavim to be paid to substitute, and therefore this could even be going in the Shita of Rav uh, of, of, of Nosen. Okay, we'll stop here.